welcome to Destiny Revival Ministries Sermon of the Week. Thank you for joining us. You can stay up to date through our social media or give from the link in the details. We hope this message blesses you. All right, we're going to go ahead and continue with that. How many of you have been blessed so far with that? All right, so for the sake of time here, really quickly this morning, write this down if you want to Deuteronomy chapter number 28. Verse 1, and this has got 68 verses. You don't have to go through all of that, but you'll get the gist of it. I'll probably do about the first five verses and then skip through to verse 15 or 16. But I'm going to start from verse 1. It says, Now it shall be if you diligently obey the Lord your God, being careful to do all His commandments, which I command you today, the Lord your God will bless you high above all the nations of the earth and all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you obey the Lord. Blessed shall you be in the city, blessed shall you be in the country, blessed shall your offspring and uh, uh, blessed shall be the offspring of your body and the produce, blessed shall be the offspring of your body and the produce of your ground and the offspring of your beast, the increase of your herd and of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. Let's quickly go a little bit forward down. And uh, let's see here. Um, But, and uh, the consequences of disobedience, but it shall also come about if you do not obey the Lord your God and observe to do all the commandments and the statutes which I charge you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Cursed shall you be. In the city and cursed shall you be in the country, cursed. So basically in every area that they were blessed, they would now become cursed. Are you with me? And I mean, cursed, cursed, cursed. And there's like even boils and all kinds of nasty things inside there. Um, And that's the whole chapter of Deuteronomy 28. Now, if you would quickly go with me to the book of Galatians, the third chapter. Um, I want to continue here on our blessing is through Abraham and our blessing is not through Moses, all right? Some of you that have not been here for the first two weeks, uh, the first two messages are on YouTube. If you'll type out the word Destiny Revival Ministries, you'll see our logo just like on my hat. You can find part one and part two. This will be part three. Um, We are blessed through Abraham in Christ, and not in Moses through Christ. Amen. Yeah. Remember, Moses was the end of a a a a, a time period, and Jesus, um, which I use the illustration of the IV. Uh, Brother Terry was here. Let's just use Paul. And um, if if Terry represents Jesus and Paul represents Moses, until Jesus came, come on, the connection, the IV connection. In other words, the flow from heaven. Um, and, and for the blessings and the conditions of the anointing to work, they would have to be all up into Gen, uh, Deuteronomy 28. If you, if you, He will. If you will do it, He will. Remember that, okay? Um, so, so here's Paul uh, in Moses and then Jesus came. He unplugged the IV out of Moses and then plugged it into Jesus. Are you with me? Oh, and in Christ, we are now bypassing all the way back to Abraham. Are you with me? Okay, so the blessing that belongs to the believer 
the portion of Deuteronomy 28, come on, now somebody say this, you know, I mean, I understand. It doesn't make Deuteronomy 28 obsolete. In fact, it's very, very powerful, Deuteronomy 28. It's very, very powerful for us. Why is it powerful? Because we understand, thank God, that we're not there now. Are you with me? And we're now rightly dividing the Word of Truth. And we're gonna find that out from Galatians chapter three. Because most of the time when we talk about the blessing, the next chapter that always gets brought up usually will be Deuteronomy chapter number 28. And they go into the first 14 verses about how blessed you're gonna be, amen? The Bible says that we've been redeemed from the curse of the law, right? So we've been redeemed, but how many of you realise that we take the word curse there, the curse of the law, that we take the curse of the law and we apply it just to the curse part of the law. That's not what it's saying. The curse of the law, the law and its entirety. Somebody say the law and its entirety. All right, so so we are not um, we are not observers of what is written on stone. Are you with Are you with me? Uh, because it's it's a it's a downhill going nowhere. By the way, Pastor Gabe did super amazing on the drums today. Let's give it up for him. I mean, no, like seriously, you you tore it up. It was amazing. I actually was distracted watching you playing. I was like, I got to get back into the. No, I'm just joking. But it was awesome. But so now, so the law. And its entirety is, is, is the curse of the law. Are you with me? And so we are blessed in Abraham. And we usually bring up chapter 28 to talk about the blessing. Now, that doesn't change the fact that we are blessed still. Are you with me? Amen. And one thing about the law is, is that if you're gonna go into the law, then you might as well do all of it. Because you can't just take the blessing part, but if you're gonna take the blessing part, you also have to take the cursing part. Because you better believe it, if you do, you're gonna be blessed, right? So if you're gonna take that, if you do. But how many of your times you don't do? And I don't know about you, but you don't do a whole lot more than you do do. All right, are you with me? I'm just telling you. So you heard that right. So you can't take one portion without the other because by virtue, if that, if you're gonna be blessed, you're also gonna be cursed. You know, my, my, my pastor used to say, you know, may God smite you with a thousand fleas under your armpits. That was one of the curses that he added right there. But anyway, we don't want that to happen either. But let's read you. I'm gonna quickly read. I'm gonna go fast here because of time. And then I'll still see if I'll play my video if, if, there, if, if, it, if uh, time will allow. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you before whose eyes Jesus was publicly portrayed as crucified? This is the only thing I want to find out from you. Verse, well, this is from verse one. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? In other words, did you receive the Holy Spirit through the law or through faith in Jesus? All right, through faith in Jesus. This is what he's talking about. So then, therefore, if you can answer me that you have received the Spirit through faith in Jesus, then he says, yeah, are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, are now being perfected by the flesh? So what makes you think that now you can receive the Spirit and continue to walk in the Spirit through your works? That's what Paul is saying, right here. It says, um, then it continues, did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? So then he who does, who does provide, who provides you with the Spirit and works miracles among you, does he do it by the law or by the hearing of faith? 
Somebody say, by the hearing of faith. All right, so just remember, it starts out with, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? The Passion Translation, which there's nothing wrong, it translates it the same. In fact, very nice in our vernacular that we use today. It says here, what has happened to you Galatians to be acting so foolishly? You must have been under some sort of a spell. All right, who came and deceived you and tried to bring you back under the law? Don't you know, in other words, don't you know that the law can never produce righteousness in you? Don't you know that you cannot, you didn't receive the Spirit through the law? Who's telling you to go back under the law so now you can be back in communication with the Lord? The communication of the Lord doesn't happen through the law. It happens through faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, let's continue here. Even so, Abraham believed God. Now we get into Abraham. Now, he's talking about everything that's just in. Now it says, even so, Paul speaking, even so, Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him righteousness. What did he do to get become righteous? He believed. Abraham believed God and it was, in other words, it reckoned also, in other words, and it was imputed to him righteousness. Righteousness was imputed to Abraham because he believed. Amen? Amen. Amen. Not because of anything Abram Abram offered to God. He was imputed with righteousness because he believed in God. It had nothing to do with any conditions like the law states. Are you with me? Okay. Therefore, be sure that it is those who are of faith who are the sons of Abraham. Oh, all right. So therefore now it's taking us back to Abraham. It's not taking us to Moses. It says here right there, even so Abraham, uh, where was I? What verse was I on there? Sorry. Seven. Therefore, be sure in those who are, it is of those who are of faith who are the sons of Abraham. The scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham before saying, All the nations will be blessed in you. So, all the nations will be blessed in you, meaning Abraham, all the nations. Somebody say, All. all. Means all. all. Because well, that's what all means. All right, I know that's really appealing to a lot of you. But, but the Bible says, in you, all the nations will be blessed. Amen. So the blessing that is for the believer that is in Christ, in faith, from Galatians, is found in the covenant that God made with Abraham. Amen. So Jesus never died to place us into Moses. Jesus died to place us back into the Abrahamic blessing right from the beginning here when it says, yeah, all the nations will be blessed in you. It was referring to us. Why does it mean us? Because the first before that says, the Scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, not by the law, not by works. All the nations will be blessed in you. So then those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham. So then those who are of faith will be blessed with Moses. No. So then those who are, and by the way, I'm just reading straight from my Scriptures here. Are blessed with Abraham, the believer, who it was reckoned to him righteousness because he 
believed. <laughs> so, so the same way Abraham was made righteous, we are made righteous. How was Abraham made righteous? Because he? How are you made righteous? Because you believed. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Woo! Somebody. Hallelujah. The gospel's not complicated, y'all. For as, many of the, for as many of the works of the law are under a curse, for it is written, Curses everyone who does not abide in all the things written in the book of the law to perform them. Now that no one is justified by the law before God is evident for. The righteous man shall live by faith. Amen. You are not justified by the law. You are justified by faith. Come on, I'm just trying to pull the treadmill of performance away from you this morning. I'm trying to take it away from you. I'm trying to take the do, do, do out of you. Come on, stick with me here. You see, you see, some of you are gonna, then you harp, well, 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 we've got to do something. Nobody said you didn't have to do something. I'm not preaching about that you don't have to do something. I have a problem with what you are currently doing. Because your, your do is the wrong kind of do. You're not doing from the place of response to what He's already done. Your doing is not centred by faith in Jesus Christ. Your doing is centred in what I do causes Him to respond to me in a, in a very highly favoured manner. And what I don't do by, like, by virtue also causes him to react in the opposite way. Get off of that. Amen? Come on. Now that no one is justified by the law, for God, it is evident the righteous man shall live by faith. However, the law is not of faith. On the contrary, he who practices them shall live by them. So if you want to go ahead and do the do-do, go ahead and do all the do-do. Are you with me? Do all of them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, in other words, the burden of the law, which was a curse. The burden of the law that was a curse. What do you mean the law was a burden? It was a burden in that the children of Israel would never ever be able to be justified. And He became the curse for us. He took it upon His body. See this covenant, that covenant was cut between God and the children of Israel directly. The covenant that you and I are partakers of is a covenant between God and His Son. And we are recipients of that covenant. So the strength of the new covenant is based on how perfect Jesus is. And guess what? He's perfect. He's unwavering. He's unchanging. He's faithful. He never changes. He doesn't wake up in a bad mood. He doesn't wake up in a sad mood. He doesn't, I mean, I mean, His emotions are like, you know, come on, uh, men and women, yeah, His emotions, if you put it on a bar graph, I mean, it is like, 
It's unchanging. And that's where we have our confidence. It wasn't the confidence of our salvation was never supposed to be based on how good we were. The confidence on our salvation comes on based on how good He is. Remember, nothing we could do would ever get us to deserve it anyway. So we've got to go ahead and depend on His goodness to us. That's why we've got to believe it. He did it. I believe it. Thank you, Jesus. I draw my confidence from a God who is unwavering and unchanging. Anybody getting blessed this morning? All right, I'm, I'm going to hurry this up here. So we would, uh, so um, might come to the Gentiles so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. The intent, now brethren, I speak in terms of human relations, even though it is only a man's covenant, yet it has been ratified. No one else, no one sets it aside or adds or conditions it or puts conditions to it. Now the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. All right? Now, I want you to see something why we quote Deuteronomy 28. And I'm just trying to say this verse that we usually jump to Deuteronomy 28 on is actually not the right verse of chapter because it's actually going to the law, Moses, and then it's taking us back to Abraham's seed. And it's saying that our blessing originates in the covenant with Abraham. Come on, that covenant is glorious, hallelujah. It's Abraham, listen, in blessing, I will bless you. Look, Abraham, as far as you can see, everything that you can see, I've given to you. Look, Abraham, the stars in the sky. Come on, the sand, as much sand as you can see. That's how, how blessed your descendants. In you, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, Abraham. Come on. Now the promises were spoken to Abraham and his seed. He does not say and to seeds as referring to many, but rather to one and to your seed that is Christ. What I'm saying is this, the law which came 430 years later does not invalidate the covenant previously ratified by God. Oh, it just said it right there for you. The law does not invalidate the blessings that come to you through Abraham, which are ratified in blood with him. (laughs) Come on. Can we see that Galatians 3 is distinguishing where the blessing's coming from? All right. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm like, okay, let me get right back to that same. Okay, may it never be for if a law, uh, where, where, okay, just somebody remind me where I was. 18. Seven, uh, 18, for if the inheritance is based on the law, it is no longer based on a promise, but God has granted it to Abraham by means of a promise. Are you with me? For if the inheritance is based on the law, it is no longer a promise. Are you with me? Then the law is not based on a promise. It's based on you. Verse 19, why the law then? It was added because of the transgressions having been ordained through angels by the agency of a mediator until the seed would come. 
Come on, until the seed would come. It was all about the seed to start with. God coming to engage Abraham and come into a covenant was God coming into an agreement with Abraham so that God can legally access the earth so that through the seed, until the seed would come, which is Jesus. He doesn't operate the same way the devil does. Satan took authority illegally through deception. God's going, well, I don't operate through deception. I'm gonna come into a covenant with Abraham. What what do you mean he's come? Because a covenant is whatever yours, whatever is yours, Abraham, whatever God's saying to Abraham, whatever is mine is yours and whatever is yours is mine. We are now entering into a legal transaction. And since everything is that is mine is yours, Abraham, and everything that is mine, yours is mine, I can now have access to everything. In other words, I've got access back into the earth through your seed again. Amen? Amen. Come on. Is the law then contrary to the promises of God? May it never be. For if a law had been given, come on, we're almost coming to the end of this chapter, which is what I wanted to deal with from the beginning. May it never be. For if a law had, if a law had been given, which was able to impart life, then righteousness would have indeed been based on law. Come on, I mean, like, I don't even have to elaborate here. It does explaining for itself. But the Scriptures has shut up everyone under sin so that the promises by faith in Jesus can be given to those who believe. But before faith came, (laughs) hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Satellite cloud images. That's all part of Abraham's blessings. Glory to God. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. All right, stick with me here. But before faith came, we were kept in custody or under a tutor under the law. But being shut up to the faith which was later to be revealed. Therefore, The law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ. So the purpose of the law, the only intent of the law was to make man number one realise that they could not do it. They were in need of a Saviour. All right, so that's the intent of the law. So when Christ comes, the purpose of the law has now ended because the law brought you to what it, needed you to be brought to. All right. In other words, the law has now been fulfilled. The purpose of the law, the intention of the law has now been fulfilled. Come on. All right. So therefore the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ so that we might be justified by faith. But now, that faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor or the? Okay. All right. Now that faith has come, we're no longer under the tutor. Oh, come on, somebody. Let me tell you right now, as simple as this sounds, I will tell you 
that the vast majority of the church is still in religion because they live out a new covenant life in Christ thinking they're still in Moses. They haven't detached themselves from Moses. And as long as you are attached to Moses, you will preaching, you'll be preaching a doo-doo Christianity. And I'm not being slang or vulgar here. In other words, when I say doo-doo, you will be putting people on the treadmill of performance. When Galatians clearly tells us the seed is in Abraham. And that the law didn't invalidate that which was ratified before the law was given. In other words, the law did not nullify the covenant of Abraham. Now that the tutor has come to bring you into Christ, you are no longer under the law. You are now a divine partaker. Come on, we are Jews, Greeks, Gentiles. Come on, Russians, uh, whatever, Finnish, Norwegians, black, blue, purple, brown. We have all been grafted into the vine. The law could never graft us into the vine. It was only for the Jews. But God's seed engrafted all of us into the vine and we're no longer a attached to Moses any longer because it's impossible. If we say that we are still attached to Moses, then you are not saved. Because you cannot be saved in Moses. Oh. Come on, somebody. All right, let me just finish this up. For all of you who were baptised into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither, come on, here it is. I just said it before I even got there. It says, there is, there is neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free man. There is neither male, come on. For those people that say women don't have the right to preach, shut up. And all the women said, Sorry, I mean, you know, I don't know about which part. No, neither male nor female. So in other words, come on, there's no sex thing, no sexist thing in the Scripture here. You are all one in Christ Jesus. Jews, Greeks, pink, brown, purple, blue, really red. We're all in Christ. And if you belong to Christ Jesus, then, oh, here's, here's, the, here's where we, come on, somebody say that, blessed through Abraham. Amen. This is the last sentence here in verse 29. And if you belong to Christ, how many of you belong to Christ in this building? Amen. All right, that's all of you. It says here, then you are not Moses' descendants, you are Abraham's descendants and heirs according to the promise that was given to Abraham. So how can we quote Deuteronomy 28 whenever we read that Scripture, when we wanna go to the blessings part? It's got nothing to do with that. Zero. That's right. You are blessed because you believe, you, you simply believe. That's right. 
Amen. Amen. That's right. Amen. Now I'm not saying things can't bad things can't happen. See, this is the problem. So like everybody goes into this like, so is everything just automatic then? Because I believe like just nothing but good things. Well, actually you're positioned in Him, your faith in Him. You see, it's you believing when you believe that. Now, I don't know about you, but when you hear that, does that make you wanna just kind of sit back and do nothing? You, you, all you wanna do is respond to God. You love Him because He first loved you, everything that He's given you. And so you are postured in a place where you are now allowing that blessing to flow. You see, God's hand is paralyzed to the degree that we will allow Him to move. So His blessing is fully abundant towards us. He's always on His side, He's he's on the giving end. He's not on the cursing end. If anything, we bring curses upon ourselves. God's not cursing us. Do you understand? When you do things, there are consequences. There is a price for the decisions that we make. That's got nothing to do with God. You can do some stupid things, some foolish things, and and you're gonna have some negative consequences from the stupid decisions or the decisions that you make out of a lack of wisdom. And you can receive the, the, the consequences of that. And then when you recognise them, guess what? He's still good. And you can say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm messed up over here. Can you please help reverse the, I was so stupid and God will still come and save you. God will still come and bring His mighty salvation and dig you out of the pit. That's the mercy of God. No, I mean, sometimes the can of worms that we're experiencing is a whole can of worms that we've opened up on ourselves. Amen? But let us not link ourselves. Let us link ourselves. And it's not, yes, we are blessed in Abraham. But let's rest like Abraham rested in his ability to just believe God and receive righteousness. Let's rest in the fact that we have faith in Jesus. He's made us righteous. Let's rest in what He's done for us so that when we are completely enamoured with what He's done for us, guess what? This thing that I love to use, this word called response. Come on. Now we begin to respond. It's not, you see, until response comes, when we engage, it's us doing it out of the flesh. That's right, come on. Reach it. When response comes, it's because the Lord has done a work on the inside that produces, uh, we can't help it, but we want to respond in the giving of our life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And that's what I call faith works. You see, now there's some doing. That's right. That's faith works. Works that are rooted in believing in Christ that erupt out of the overflow. That's why now I can start quoting from, from Ephesians 2 verse 8, I believe it says that we have been created by Christ Jesus for good works. Amen. Or you were created in Christ for good works. That's right, amen. In other words, the seed has come 
and the purpose can now start being made manifest by faith. Are you with me? So it's response works, works of obedience, not the other way around. Are you getting this this morning? And what is God trying to tell us in all of that? He's telling us to rest and He always wants to, us to be conscious that it's got nothing to do with you. That's just, that's just, if there's anything that God is wanting to always heavily get us to understand, stop making this about you. I did it all for you. Would you just rest in my blessing, please? Would you rest in my blessing, please? And then what happens? You handed over the yoke and you've taken His. The divine exchange is actually working for you. Come on. Hallelujah. Now, now, none of this gospel should make us want to go and say, man, this is so amazing. I feel so free. Man, I want to go to the bar and just get so drunk right now. <laughs> No, you see, because this is the problem, is that we, we attack messages like this because we want to give people boundaries and we want to put shackles on them because we have more faith in putting shackles on people than allowing the heart. You see, I don't care. You can have shackles. You have a church full of shackles with people whose hearts are, are serving the Lord from a place of bondage, but their heart is not truly free. That's right. Man. So I say, preach freedom. Preach the freedom of the gospel. Do you think Paul was accused of something when he preached in Romans chapter six? What, shall we continue to sin now that we're under grace? He said, God forbid, most certainly not. He said, you've heard every, if you, if you are interpreting what I'm saying as giving people license to sin, you've missed every part of it. No, 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 no. Don't reject grace. Because grace is the only thing that gives you dominion over sin. And if you lean into Him, the power will come to be free from sin. Don't focus on sin, focus on grace. Focus on the anointing. All right, don't say focus on grace because that's evil. Don't say the grace word in church. Okay, focus on Jesus then. How about, let me help you. Okay, so nobody gets in a tiff over here. All right, focus on Jesus. How many of you would believe that if you focus on Jesus, He's gonna keep you sin free? or that He's gonna give you the power to walk away from things that you would not walk, be able to. How many of you believe that by focusing on, so me saying focusing on Jesus is the same thing as focusing on grace. Yeah. It's the same thing. You know why? Because Jesus is grace. Yeah. The Bible says in 1 John, in John chapter one, verse 17, the law was given, the law was given to Moses, but grace came in the person of Jesus, grace and truth. So the law was given to a man, but grace in truth arrived with breath in his lungs. Are you with me? So grace and truth is a person. Jesus is truth. He is grace. And if you'll lean, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face and the things 
of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. That's what happens. Every bit of what I'm preaching to you is turning your eyes to Jesus and receive the power to walk in freedom. Hallelujah. Let's give Jesus a big shout of praise here today. Amen. God bless you. I just want to thank you for coming to church today. Amen. How many of you have been blessed today? Come on. All right. Well, the last thing we can do if you, uh, just so as you walk out the door, you'll know the giving operation. For those of you that don't know, and for those watching by way of live stream, go to www.destinyrevivalministries.com. Click on this, your support link, and you can give safely and securely. If you are here in the building, to my right, your left is envelopes. If you are writing out checks, make them out to DRM or Destiny Revival Ministries. Then lastly, if you wanna give by way of your smartphone, then text the following word, uh, give to 337-434-3777. That's 337-434-3777. Text the word give to that number and you'll get a link where you can give safely and securely. Jesus is Lord, we love You and You are blessed and You are Abraham's seed and walk in Your divine inheritance in the mighty Name of Jesus. Go possess the land. And I wanna declare to you, go out there and say, Lord, I thank You. Well, you don't have to repeat this, but say this when you have the time. (laughs) Wake up in the morning and say, thank You, Jesus. I thank You, Lord, that You are revealing everything that belongs to me. And then when He shows you what that looks like, begin to declare it out of your mouth. Come on, as far as the eye can see, come on, that belongs. The Lord will give it to you wherever the soles of your feet shall tread has He given unto you. And remember, we're not doing all of this for selfish ambition. We don't want any of this. I'm not asking you to chase after blessings, but know this, we make no apologies that God wants you to be blessed. God doesn't want you to be poor because poverty is a curse. It is a curse. Somebody said, I've been rich and I've been poor, rich is better. And uh, no, but I mean, look, having the, having the ability to have when you need it is a good place to be in. Are you with me? So that's the point is that God, God, God wants you to be blessed. Why? Because He wants you to be blessed to be a blessing. All right? Everything, it's all because of Him. We, we come into this earth with nothing. We leave with nothing. All we can do is be a faithful steward in this life of the garden that He's given us. All right, so when we step on over to the other side, we want to have obeyed everything that He asked us to do while we had breath in our bodies, amen? But it all belongs to Him. And He's given you most of it to keep for yourself, amen? Come on, somebody, He's a good, good Father. Amen, be blessed, go in peace and joy. In Jesus' Name, amen.